911, what's the nature of your emergency? probably didn't get the chance to see the message, but Bob inside of our group said that you're going to do great and to just breathe. And I totally agree with that because I know how flustered I get when tech issues happen and things don't work how they're supposed to. So good morning, police, fire, military, and families. And to everybody who is listening in on the Tactical Living Podcast, I'm your host, Ashley Bolton, and I have my good friend, Bridget. And Bridget and I have been trying for the past 30 minutes to get some audio issues fixed and that's just the <laughs> the way that these kinds of things work sometimes, but I'm glad that we were able to fix it. And to everybody who is listening to this, whether you are live or you are catching this on our replay, we are doing a giveaway of this badass Smith & Wesson Extreme Ops knife to whoever comments the most within 24 hours on this interview thread. So there's already people going to town. I saw a bunch of gift wars going on. So please keep the comments coming. And Bridget, thank you so much for spending this morning with me. I know it is super, super early, but I've been waiting for a while for your interview. And I have so many selfish questions. A lot of these um, I would have asked you during our pre-interview and we didn't get to have that. So hopefully you'll have some time after our interview so we can talk a little bit. But can you just tell us who you are and a little bit about yourself? Yes. Uh, well, thank you for your patience and and holding space for me to get this set up. Um, my, I'm Bridget Truxillo. Um, I'm a mom, which is, I'll say that first because it was getting my kids or, or coordinated and my husband has them. I have three kids. They're age 10, 9, and 4. Um, and I'm an attorney. Uh, I've been an attorney for over 13 years. And before that, I was a deputy sheriff in um, Alachua County, Florida. Um, I went to the University of Florida for college. And then the week after I graduated, I went to a police academy. And with the intention to do like FBI, DEA, something federal. Um, and as I would say I was very young. I was in my mid-20s, um, but I had no idea what that even meant. Um, nobody in my family had ever been in law enforcement before. Um, I chose a job that I thought would be challenging and would require me to be physically fit because I've always worked out and thought it would be good to have a job that required that to be part of my life Um Joined the sheriff's office, went to patrol, um, and very quickly realized that unfortunately not, um, that being in patrol itself isn't a requirement to be fit. I mean, I, I mm. worked out to stay safe and, you know, keep myself safe, my my coworkers safe, and the public safe. But then um, got the opportunity very quick to interview for the narcotics unit. Uh, I got on, so I spent oh, the next three years in the undercover narcotics unit. Um, and then also... Um, got to try out for the SWAT team and a couple months later also was on the, the SWAT team. So I was the only female member of the SWAT team. Um, and then kind of because of that is what I got my fill um, and decided that I could better serve. I left sheriff's office to go to law school, not knowing what I would do as an attorney, but knowing that I would come back to, to give back to law enforcement. Um, that That's something that I've always wanted to do and, and looked at looked to do it in several different ways and then ultimately started my own business so that I could give back from a wellness standpoint and a legal standpoint to help so that I could help law enforcement do their like just feel more happy doing their jobs. And whether that's through wellness training or because I can give them legal advice, 
um, which I, I consider that to be a wellness tool. So that's me. So you're speaking very humbly and good morning, everybody. Well, I certainly appreciate that. I am going to do the due diligence of bragging on you a little bit because I also know that you were the only female SWAT member at the time. And it, it is very uncommon for anybody to decide to take a, a career long journey in the way that you did and then shift gears completely in the way that you did. And then sometimes it feels like we go backwards a little bit when we have to further educate ourselves to be able to accomplish something new in the way that you did. So I'm wondering what was that shift for you? What made you decide that you wanted to even go to law school and become an attorney? Um, so I try not to, you know, sometimes I go through like, am I telling myself stories? And like, you know, if you find yourself in like a funk, you know, sometimes you should look and say like, okay, well, what story am I telling myself to make this difficult? And what, What's funny is it took me about 10 or 12 years to realize I was telling my story about, I was creating the story around what my departure was like. But I can say that it was very challenging to be the only female on the SWAT team. All the guys in the narcotics unit were also almost all SWAT guys. Um, my sergeant and I had a really hard time. Um, feel like I tried a lot of let's seek win-win because I'm a big seven habits of highly effective people believer. And it just was not working. And um, I and I also, because I was on the narcotics unit, I met a lot of federal investigators um, and worked with them on different cases and realized that the stuff I was dealing with at the sheriff's office, were, those, those issues weren't going to go away at the federal level and decided that I didn't want to spend the rest of my time trying to prove to people I could do the job because I had already done that. I mean, even when we were on, when I was on SWAT team, we competed. Anybody out there that knows SWAT is, they still have it. It's an international SWAT competition called SWAT Roundup that's in Orlando every year. And it was amazing. And like, so we, we competed in SWAT Roundup. So even just to make the SWAT Roundup team, I had to compete within my own team to make that team and mm -hmm. then I made it. And then we went, I competed two years that was one of the coolest things I've ever done in my life is compete in that SWAT round. I mean, you have teams there from Germany, Sarajevo, the, all the full-time teams, like not all, but a lot, like LAPD, Dallas PD. I mean, just badass SWAT team guys. And we were competing against them and beating a lot of them. And, you know, I did that with my team and I obviously showed them that physically I could do the job. Um, like, you know, I always tried to show up hundred percent and being the only female, I mean, it didn't, if I didn't show up hundred percent, then any error I made, was such a bigger deal. And I had a really hard time with that. I had a really hard time with, I mean, at some point I was like, you know, at first I would think, okay, they're right. I made a mistake. I got this. I can do this. I got them. Tomorrow I'll, I got this. Tomorrow is a new day. The sun will come up and I, I got this. And then the next day, like, you know, just, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. You're in trouble. And so mm -hmm. at some point I was like, geez, okay. Like I kind of was like, well, okay, I'm not perfect. And I make mistakes. But then I started kind of looking around and seeing like the guys were making mistakes too. And they weren't getting 500 mountain climbers or a letter in their file or six months probation or whatever. And then one time I saw a big, huge mistake that one of the guys made. And I finally was like, went to my captain and my SWAT commander and I said, look, I'm not asking for better treatment. I'm just asking for equal treatment. That's it. Like I've been busting my tail with you guys all this time. And like he, and he basically said, you're making a problem where there's not one. I was like, um, not really. Okay. Um, and that's when I realized I don't have to, that was like a serious crossroads. Like, well, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? Do I want to keep doing this where I feel like I'm busting my tail, but 
I'm always going to be sort of like feeling like the outsider, even though I shouldn't be. And um, decided that there could be a way for me to, to give back, but just in a different way. Um, and so decided to go to law school. I mean, I was like, I was 30 years old when I started law school and thought, I mean, I was, you know, funny thing, I, I never really thought, okay, this is a lie. Because even leaving the law firm world, which financially is much is comfortable, there are definitely times I sit around and you know, go into bed because I'm a Debbie Downer at night because I'm not a nighttime person. And doomsday at the end of the day when I'm tired, I'm going to bed and I'm thinking, what am I doing to myself? Like starting, but to say that I am truly, I believe in what I'm doing. I believe in helping law enforcement. I want to do everything that I can to bring suicide numbers down. If I can just affect one life in the rest of my life, then I have succeeded. So I truly believe I'm doing what I'm supposed to do now. So I feel like it's really been a long journey. I'm not afraid to say I'm 46 years old and I finally figured out what I do in life. And so made the transition from law enforcement to, to law school because I just didn't, I just knew that wasn't, I, I just, I definitely felt like there was something else I could do with and for law enforcement, just not in the way I was doing it. Um, and it just took, it, it, it was a journey to get here, but yeah. And um, good morning to everybody who is just tuning in. And we thank you for that. What a great feeling to know what you are doing is where you should be. I think that's a sentiment that we can all definitely agree with. Um, to everybody who's just tuning in, we are giving away a badass Smith & Wesson Extreme Ops knife to whoever comments the most within the next 24 hours. So we have Bridget on here. If you guys have any questions, please drop them below. If we don't get to them live, then I'll go ahead and I'll tag you and then Bridget. And you have this incredibly unique take. I have Facebook stalked you, I've read through your website. And so what you're doing now is essentially combining, and, and I've never really thought of this before, but you're combining wellness, overall wellness, and you indicate that this isn't just for police officers, this is for first responders, and I would imagine it would also apply to pretty much anybody. But you're, you have this take on the legal aspects and how that intertwines with, with people in these professions and with anybody overall in terms of Health. So what is the correlation between all things legal and somebody's well-being and mental health? Um, <clears throat> so that's a very good question. Um, I said it earlier and I, and I say it a lot is that I consider legal support to be a wellness tool. And, and what I mean by that is um, even when I was an attorney, I'm mean, sorry, when I was a deputy sheriff and especially when I was in patrol and doing the traffic stops and I knew her quickly that I wanted to get into the narcotics unit because I wanted to get that investigative experience because I thought I wanted to do like DEA or FBI or something. So I thought that would look good on a resume and I loved it. And, um, so I'll do the traffic stops and, you know, always trying to figure out a way to get, you know, get, um, le legally get into somebody's car or get into somebody's trunk. And those aren't the same thing. Um, and, and, it, and even just the decisions you make, I mean, whether it's a patrol stop or not, I mean, just want you, one of the things that I've been, I say a lot, and I was present to them, but definitely still been present to with people's judgment of law enforcement all the time is, um, it's a very unique job in the sense that you have the right, the, the, the legal ability to take away somebody's constitutional rights. And you have to, first of all, you should never take that lightly. And, um, you should never forget that that's a, it's a heavy, it's an important task. It's a heavy burden. Um, you should never take it lightly and, and uh, or to get too sucked up into the power of that. And so what I think is super important is to, 
because of all that and because of public opinion and because of cell phone videos, I mean, I'm dating myself to say that when I got out of law enforcement, cell phone videos weren't a thing yet. They were like, the, we still had flip phones and the text messaging was super annoying. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so that that's changed law enforcement in such a big way because everybody has an opinion about whether or not what you're doing is legal. And so there could be a lot of worry, even when I was doing it, with no cell phone video, there was worry about, oh my gosh, I need to make sure I'm doing this right. You know, definitely want to make sure that the charges I'm filing against somebody stick and that the, the district attorney is going to take it and run with it. And so there can be a lot of worry about, you know, oh my gosh, am I doing this right? Am I, am I going to violate somebody's rights? Am I going to get sued? So what, even if, you know, number one is you want the charges to stick, but then number two and, and much heavier on law enforcement is, am I going to get sued? Am I going to get fired? Am I going to get written up? Because there's such a there's such an important legal aspect, constitutional rights aspect to what cops do. And so what I want to do is, number one, just do a lot of educational things to say, OK, let's talk about qualified immunity. And what do you have before you even get to qualified immunity um, to protect you? I mean, and. And in little things like let's talk about searching a trunk. And that seems so simple, but I believe like if you go on, if you're on a basketball team, the basketball coach will tell you all the time, like focus on the basics. If you've mastered the basics, you know, first of all, don't move on until you've mastered the basics. I also don't think that law enforcement officers get enough training, get enough feedback, get enough positive feedback. I mean, I think we all get plenty. We I'll say, cause I used to do it and I definitely lived the negative feedback side. Nobody's afraid to give negative feedback but people aren't getting enough positive feedback for training or just to say like, yeah, 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 I know how to do a traffic stop. Okay, great. Well, let's just talk about the basics. Let's go through it. And then um, the other thing that I give through my membership is access to an attorney, the one-on-one basis for legal consultations. And so that's actually not through my business. It's through an external um, law firm because I can't give Protective wellness, my business cannot ethically give legal advice, but it comes through attorneys like me, attorneys, former law enforcement. Um, it's mostly me, but I, my law partners also former law enforcement and we work on this together. Um, and the reason why I think that's important is like when I was a cop, I was in a union and I am not bashing unions. I think if you're in a union, stay in a union um, because one of the main, main things a union does for you is give you legal representation if you get sued or involved in use of force. They also can do things like representing you in departmental disputes if you're getting written up, if you're getting investigated. I was invest- investigated because um, you, you can't be on a narcotics unit and or, you know go in and tear people's doors down and somebody not complaining against you. Um, and I never once reached out to my union rep because I didn't trust him. And no offense to unions, but unfortunately, that's a fact where there's a lot of distrust between the, your department and you. I definitely felt that. I definitely did not feel my department was putting me first. And and unfortunately, the reality is it's it, it, they have a job to do, which is protect the whole department. And they can't always, you know, I don't want to say it's a conflict of interest, but um, in essence, it's a conflict of interest in a way, but I also cops don't make a lot of money. So you're in your union and you're hoping that does what it needs to do for you. And you can't afford to go out and hire an attorney every time you have a question. Um, and so in my experiences of a cop, I mean, when I started out, I was making $27,500 a year. When I left, I wasn't making much more than that. And there's no way I could have afforded a, a, an attorney outside of what the union could do for me. And and also the union is limited in what they can do. I mean, it's going to be use of force stuff. There are some unions out there that can help you on other things or 
specific programs they have, but I just know, I, I mean, I get called, I get to talk to people and say, Hey, I have a child custody question. Like, Hey, my, you know, my landlord, I have a problem with my landlord. What can I do? Or, um, and a lot of it is, um, I'm having a problem with my supervisor. What are my options? Um, and I believe that having access to access to somebody who knows what the job is, because once you've been a cop, you, you don't come out of it the same way. Um, so I know what the job is like. And I also know that there's lots of different ways that I could provide relief in the sense of relieving worry. Um, so that answered in a lot of different ways. Um, but that's because I think there's so many different ways that my experience as attorney can help law enforcement officers and, and all first responders. And so I, I don't ever want to say, I, I believe I can help all first responders. But when I say cops, it's because I was a cop. I wasn't a fire. Yeah. You know, but um, that, that burden is there for all first responders. So, because uh, unfortunately none of them make enough money. Um, and it's it's something that really people don't talk about, but being married to a police officer, like that's something that he and I talk about all of the time. You know, we go through the what if scenarios constantly. I think when when you do this kind of work, it's something that you have to do in order to be cognizant of like the worst possible scenarios. So unions have their place, but usually for the worst 10 percent. Yeah, I was under cover narcotics. I can relate to what you're sharing. Absolutely. Once in that kite cop mindset it doesn't leave you good morning clint good morning everybody now bridget this is one of those times where i'm going to ask a selfish question and i'm going to announce that this is not legal advice but i'm just super curious what what are you seeing as it relates to departments that are potentially mandating the vaccine and the feedback that you're getting from people that are in your sphere of influence that's a good question um I'm gonna, as an attorney, it's, well, I first of all, personally believe that's a personal choice. So I believe that if you have a different opinion of, and that's just how I am across the board. Like if you do you, I'll do me. I love that we live in a country that provides you a lot of the protections that allow you to do you, you do you and I'll do me. Um, when it comes to the mandate, I personally believe that whether it's through law enforcement or some other company, there's going to be litigation on mandating that. Um, I know it's already happened. When I live in Houston, Texas. Um, one of the hospitals here very early on stated that all their employees would have to get man the vaccine and they tried to sue to stop it. And that, and that courts here already um, dismissed that lawsuit and said that those employers have or can say you're required to have this vaccine. Um, I'm seeing it more and more. I saw a post the other day about somebody saying that, uh, she, I think, it, I can't remember what month it is, but there's a deadline and once they come up, she's going to lose her job that she's, because she doesn't want to get it and she's willing to walk away from it. I think it's unfortunate. Um, it's such a heavy topic and a very divisive topic. And um, I definitely think there will be some lawsuits um, unfortunately, whether that ultimately makes it up to somewhere like the Supreme Court. Um, one of the things I love about being an attorney that I've, I've learned so much about is one of the cool things about our country is that, and everybody knows this, but I just still think it's cool, is that we are a, a compilation of 50 states. We are not one undivided nation. We are a, a, com a, a compilation of 50 states who have individual rights and that the states have... Um, the ability to make their own decisions in certain ways. And so it's unlikely, I think, that that will come to go to the U.S. Supreme Court. I think it will most likely go to many state Supreme Courts. 
and will be very different and different in I don't know. The, the, the very long answer is, um, I don't know how this is going to play out legally. I think that there's a lot, a lot of departments, a lot of companies that are going to say this is, you're required to do it or you're fired, and then people are going to have to risk, risk getting fired, and then they can try and go down that legal battle that'll take a long time. Um, but either way, it's so politically divisive, um, unfortunately. Yeah, I know that was a very touchy question to ask, but I also know that it's one that is incredibly, like there's so many comments right now, just so many people who can relate to that. And we have tons of people in the group who have been put in that same predicament of losing their jobs and potentially losing their jobs. And Clint and I had this discussion last night where I had told him, you know, it's pretty ridiculous that he and I were both delinquent on our hepatitis A shots prior to going and traveling through Morocco, let's say. And like nobody questioned that like nobody has ever asked for just a, a normal vaccination record and so i think that that in and of itself should be posing a significant amount of questions which i know that everybody who will say is like on this side they can completely agree with and you know it's something that makes everybody super uncomfortable so thank you for for just sharing your opinion again that is not legal advice and I, i'm wondering because on your website and you have a, a membership so for anybody who might be just tuning in essentially what bridget has created is this a sort of menu of wellness products, let's say, where she has a membership, and I'm gonna ask you more questions about that membership in a second. But within that membership, you have all the quadrants of your life, similar to Leo Warriors with our coaching practice and what we do. But the difference is that if you are a first responder, and let's say you have a question that might pertain to something legal, although there is a conflict of interest with what Bridget does in terms of her wellness versus her being an attorney, although I would imagine that Sometimes those will still subsequently cross over inadvertently at times. And so if you have a question as it pertains to the things that might be stressing us out, like my boss is being a jackass, like what are the things that I could or should be doing in an instance like this? We don't ever really have counsel that we can seek out on a, a regular, like normal, hey, Bridget, how's it going kind of basis. And that's what Bridget has created, which I think is really amazing and actually fundamental and super important, especially if you do work as a first responder. So I know we have to wrap this up, Bridget, but if you can get into a little bit about what that membership looks like, how, so let's say that my husband decided to sign up with you, what, what is the membership? Yeah, um, <clears throat> so each month you get regular wellness training, legal information and um, community. So the three things that's very important to me to provide are ongoing wellness training, ongoing legal advice or information like education and community. Um, so wellness training, legal support and community. Um, the wellness training comes in the form of the first week of every month. And this is this launches in September, by the way, uh, next month. So the first week of every month, you get live wellness training. And, and I say wellness, like the first month of this is going to be focused on women in law enforcement to give them a career and just life advice to help them. You know, because the life of being a female law enforcement officer it's very unique. Now, I am not taking away from all the guys out there. Um, the guys do amazing jobs, too, also. Um, I'm just saying I did it as a female. I know I feel like I had very unique experiences, and now I have very unique um, education and, and life experiences that I can help, and I want to help with that because I want women to stay in the job. I do not want you to leave. I do not want you to get so frustrated that you that you fall, that you quit. Um there's a movement now called 30 by 30. Right now, female law enforcement officers represent about 13% of law enforcement. And there's a movement to make that 30%. 
um, women, more women in law enforcement can have a positive impact for the agency and the communities they serve. And again, I'm not taking away at all the guys that are out there. I'm just saying that it would be a benefit for everyone to have more women in there. Um, but so you get that, that was just the first month. So the, so the first week of every month, you get a live training on a wellness topic. I can tell you that in October, it's going to be on um, mental health. And I'm going to have a guest coach who is a female that is a, I'm a lady who specializes in therapy for first responders. Um, the next month, it's going to be something on nutrition, um, but really talking a lot about not just eat so that your pants will fit better, but eat and understanding and talking a lot about how, how nutrition helps you maintain equilibrium, mind-body connection so that you do things like you're in patrol and all of a sudden you have to sprint and you get an adrenaline dump. And talking about things, how proper nutrition helps you get back to equilibrium after you have something like that so that you can then properly function for the rest of your job. So yes, it's, it's good to look good and feel good and have your pants fit. Um, but there's a there's much more about what nutrition does for you. So that's going to be November. So the, the live training every month will be on a different topic that relates to wellness. Um, the second week of every month, you'll get a video from me that'll not long, like 10, 15, 20 minutes, that'll have something to do specifically about a legal topic. Um, the third week of every month, you'll get an email on some wellness tips and make sure you're following through on that. Then the fourth week, you'll be another email that is sort of like a recap. How'd you do? Check in with the community. Reach out if you have any questions. Um, all the while, you members also have the ability to, or has have the option to click a link and book a 30-minute appointment with an attorney like me for legal advice. And that's included in the membership. So it's not an upcharge. It's not an extra charge. Um, so, and then, and then we have a community board. So very similar to like your Facebook group, which is so amazing. You, you guys do a, man, a really great job of administrating that Facebook group. Um, so wellness training, legal support, a community, because it's super important for everybody out there to know you're not alone. I know you hear it all the time and there's lots of talk out there about, you know, there's lots of talk about how wellness needs, uh, law enforcement officers need support. But inevitably, there's going to be a minute where you feel like, man, this really sucks. This is so hard. And you, if you can hear somebody else voicing the same thing, you feel a lot less alone. Um, so that that's really important to me also. So that's what the membership is. Um, I do have, if you, if I can, a shameless plug, if you go to my website, you know, I do a lot of, I talk a lot about wellness. We have a download that gets you just like seven actionable tips. I like to apply a lot of what my SWAT training mentality is to all this, which is that um, do it all the time train, 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 so that when you need that, what SWAT does is that you train all the time so that when you need that tool, you can use it automatically without having to think about it. Um, and, and wellness can be the same way. So train yourself, do well, I've heard you talk about it, like journal, write, read, um, physical fitness, nutrition, all of that, but do it something. It's, it's a lifelong journey, work on it each day so that you're educating your body and mind on how to um, know yourself, react less, find different outlets, find more happiness and joy, which is super, it's my goal, more happiness and joy. Um, but yeah, if you go to the website, you can get that free download for some tips on if you, uh, how to get started on, or, or to jumpstart your uh, wellness routine. Yeah, and I'll drop it in the comments too, but the website is myprotectivewellness.com. And to everybody who's listening, at the very least, I would recommend you go to myprotectivewellness.com and download the free seven tactical steps to automate your wellness. And I'm sorry we have to wrap this up. I'm so glad that we were able to figure out whatever the audio issue was in the beginning. And Bridget, if somebody wants to get a hold of you directly, let's say they just want to book a, a single call and maybe get more information about that membership, what's the best way to contact you? 
I mean, you can reach out to me on any social media, um, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. Um, definitely, soon if you want to do that, email me. I'll send you a link where we can find a time to, to book a call um, so that we can, uh, you know, time most convenient for both of us. It's super easy. And uh, I definitely welcome that. Any questions about the, the program, even if you, you know, I, you know, ethically, I, there's only, I have to be kind of careful when I give legal advice, but um, but certainly there's a lot of like generically, but I you know, certainly encourage anybody that's interested in the membership, let me know, we can talk about it. Um, and yeah, any, almost any, I'm not on TikTok. I mean, I, I get it, TikTok's, I love TikTok. I can like sit there for two hours before you know it. There's only so, only so much social media I can I'm with you. Cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing your time with us. Everybody, I want you to do me a favor. I know you guys just dropped um, myprotectivewellness.com in the comments below, but I would encourage you to take a screenshot of that website and just have it on hand and on deck because I know that there, there comes uncertain times for all of us, things that we don't expect, things that we don't anticipate. And I think having somebody in your corner, even if you don't necessarily need them right now, is something that is of extreme benefit to all of us when that day comes to make us feel a little less alone. So I would encourage you to do that. Bridget, thank you so much. Thank you to everybody who has watched this live, to everybody who's watching on the replay. And please remember, drop those comments because I'm giving away a badass knife tomorrow. Take care, everybody. Bye, Bridget. Bye. Thank you, everybody.